This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you very much. And hello again, my dear radio friend. How in the world are you? Isn't it a remarkable thing that although many of us have never met each other, we sort of belong to each other because of the fellowship we have by way of radio, day by day, based on the Word of God. What draws people together? Is it because we're such nice folk? I doubt it. Even the best people have some rough edges that might occasionally turn you away from them. What draws us together is our oneness in Christ and the fellowship around the Word of God, the living, eternal Word of God. It never gets stale. There's always something new there, and it does feed your soul and strengthen you for the battle that lies ahead. I'm grateful for this privilege uh, through these many radio stations to minister to you from the Word of God. I love it. First Peter chapter 5, we're in verse 9, where Peter tells us to resist our adversary, the devil. Resist him steadfast in the faith. When you turn things over to the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the exercise of faith. You let him handle it. Simon Peter saw the Lord Jesus walking on the waves one stormy night, and he said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come to thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And Peter went out of the boat to walk on the water to Jesus. And it worked all right until it said, When he saw the wind and the waves boisterous, he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Why did you fear, you little faith? He used a compound word there in your original New Testament, a little faith. Well, what happened? Peter couldn't manage the situation on his own. He cried out for help and turned the situation over to his Lord. Now, that's a dramatic circumstance, and you and I aren't faced with such trauma as that every day. I mean to say you're not in danger of drowning today, are you? No, and I guess I'm not either. But uh, there are other situations by the hundreds and by the thousands that meet us on the way of life, each one of which constitutes a small or large battle against our adversary. Battle against temptation, battle against sin, battle against discouragement, battle against jealousy and envy and pride, battle against the opposition of the world's forces when you're trying to do God's work. What do you do then? You keep on obeying God. God will never do your homework for you, I used to tell the young people at the college. You keep on doing the work that is yours, but you turn the charge of the whole situation over to your blessed Lord. In the old days when God's people were threatened, they prayed, said, Lord, what shall we say? Our eyes are upon thee. Neither know we what to do, but in thy name we go against this multitude. See, it's nothing with thee to save by many or by few. By them that have no power, it says, by many or by them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. That's another prayer that's recorded in the Old Testament. See, the idea is you go ahead, you fight the battle, you do your work, you do what God told you to do. Don't lie around and just complain. That isn't faith. 
That's complaining. What you do is keep going, keep obeying, keep on doing what God told you to do, and in the meantime, turn the outcome of the whole business over to your blessed living Lord. He's your champion, and he will win the battle. Good idea? Now he says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Steadfast means firm, unmovable like a rock. That's what it actually means, firm and unmovable like a rock. Nothing should move me from my commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. Now, what what uh, might make you waver in that commitment? One would be selfishness and, and self-desires. I'll just compromise once, just this once I'll do it. No, it doesn't work. There is no exception to commitment. No exception to commitment. If a thing has to be firm, it has to be firm. What... Uh, what can we use to illustrate this thing? You, you're uh, you're uh, tying up a small boat to the dock, and there's a choppy water. The breeze has made the the, the water choppy, and so the waves are 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 active and moving the boat back and forth. And someone says, "You better tie that pretty firmly, so it doesn't get loose." Well, you know what kind of a knot to put on it, uh, and you loop the the rope over the over the post there on the dock, uh, uh, one way and then another way, so that it it is a non-slip kind of a of a mooring. And you say it won't slip now; it's all right. Now, why why are you doing that? Because if you don't moor the thing tightly, properly, so there's no slip to it, you won't have any boat left. When you come back the next time, it will have gotten away. Well, that's kind of a homespun illustration of what we mean by firm. Firm. I used to work in the garage, as many of you know. I sometimes say, just for a chuckle, the story of my life is from grease pit to pole pit. <laughs> but I remember the uh, one of the first lessons I learned in working in a garage is that if you're going to install a part on an automobile, you have to make sure that all of the bolts are are tightened properly. And uh, indeed, there are some kinds of wrenches that that um, allow you to measure the amount of torque that you're putting on the on the uh, wrench as you pull up the thing tightly. For me, in those days, that would be back in the 1930s. I started in at Wheaton College, 1931 was there for three years and graduated then in 34 with a bachelor's degree with a major in philosophy of all things. But uh, in, in 1931, I started working in a garage in Wheaton and Russell Wright uh, watched over me. He was my boss. He owned the garage and the business. He had, we had an interesting way, by the way, of getting paid. He said, every day I have to, I have to pass the break-even point. And after that, both you and I will make some money. So he put it up to me to to promote enough business uh, wherever I could to uh, bring in repairs uh, that, uh, when they were billed out, would pass the break-even point. And then after that, he would pay me on a commission basis. So some days I ate and some days I didn't. You know how that is, <laughs> you salesmen that are on commission. 
Well, that's all uh, aside. He took me aside one day and he said, now I want to show you something. And it happened that I was working on an old Model T Ford. Belonged to George Ferris, as I recall. I don't know if George is still alive or not, but he was a an interesting person, always full of fun and very smart. And he had this ancient 1914 Model T Ford. It was a classic uh, and ran very well. It, it had an aluminum crankcase, and uh, that didn't get aluminum uh, cylinder blocks and crankcases didn't get popular until many years later, but that's how Henry built them in those days. Had a shiny brass radiator and leather seats and, and, and all of that. It was, it was really in good condition, but it needed a valve job. The valves in those days tended to, to burn and start to leak, and so I'd taken the cylinder head off, and it was grinding the valves and putting them back in again. Uh, and now I was putting the cylinder head on, and Russell came over to me and he said, now you have to get those things tight enough and here's how you do it. And he showed me how you how you gradually tighten up those bolts that hold the cylinder head down. He said, you got to get it snug and you have to get it tight, otherwise the gasket will leak. And he pounded that truth into me. Well, you you men, you know all about this. Ladies, I'm sure you're bored by now, but that's all right. We're good friends and you'll put up with me for those few minutes. What am I talking about? Steadfast. Resist Satan steadfast in the faith. I tell you, when I got through tightening those cylinder head bolts, they were steadfast. That's the, that's the point I'm making. There has to be a point at which there is no coming unglued so far as your life is concerned. No slippage in your commitment to Jesus and your opposition to Satan. This is the sticking point of the Christian life and Christian faith. No slippage in your commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord and your opposition to Satan and all that he stands for. If you are solid on those points, I can guarantee you, you're going to be a pretty healthy Christian and an effective witness for your Lord. Resist Satan, he said, steadfast in the faith. Steadfast means right to the sticking point where there's no slippage whatsoever. Now, you don't do it on your own. You do it in faith. Everything you do that has spiritual value has to be done in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6 says this. You don't deal with anything spiritual. You don't deal with anything having to do with God without faith. That is to say, faith is the quality of risking the outcome of the situation on doing God's will. Faith risks the situation on God. So he said, if you want to win in the battle against evil, start with a commitment to Almighty God and His will for your life. That's the beginning a victory over the attacks of Satan. Interesting, isn't it, that something that happens inside of me, my heart we call it, something that happens in my heart in commitment to Christ affects what happens outside of my life in the battles that I face. But so it is. The way to victory starts inside, steadfast in the faith. Now he goes on to say, you know that you're not alone. The same afflictions are accomplished in your other brethren out in the world. 
Why do you say that? Number one, to, to let you realize that you're not alone. Sometimes you feel as though nobody else in all the world has experiences like you. Listen, everybody else has troubles, everybody else has temptations, and everybody else feels the opposition of, of the spirit of evil. Other people are going through the same thing. You're not alone. The second thing is to realize that the, the victory that is gained by people everywhere else in the world is obtained in the same way. He said, resist your enemy steadfast in the faith. Risk the situation on God, knowing that you're not alone and that other people are finding the same solution to their problems and the same victory in the battle. If it works for somebody else to get victory in the battle, it will also work for you. That's what he's saying. Here you have a principle that always works. What is it? Humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. The way up is down. Commitment to Christ is the beginning of victory over evil. Well, we'll come back to this the next time we get together. It's good truth, isn't it? Dear Father, today, oh, may we have the joy of victory in the battle against evil as we commit things to Thee. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.